I'm giving you music to talk over. Oh, well, I, I, okay, do it again. This winter, coming, see what I was going for. Let's start it again. Stop it and let's start it again. The thing that first thing that popped to my mind was that you like Avengers movies. You like it when they all come together from different movies into one mega movie. I like an interconnected shared universe. Yeah, not mega movie. I like an interconnected shared universe that sometimes one movie is very pregnant with heroes. You like those stupid kids movies, right? Well, this episode here, this very special bonus that you're about to hear is kind of like one of those stupid kid movies that Greg loves. It is. It's chock full of people that you thought he'll never be good. But it's Daniel, and he's really good. Well, we have a special crossover event. So excited about See, that. See, back when this was like something the Brady Bunch did, it wasn't a interconnected uh, whatever uh, movie. The Brady Bunch movies. never did that. They did. Didn't they have a crossover episode where like Happy Days came over or something? I don't think they did. Did? Well, some, I mean, shows did this. <laughs> I think Mork and Mindy might have gone to the Happy Days. No, well, Mork and Mindy started on Happy Days oh, and it was right. a spinoff of Happy Days. Maybe Laverne and Shirley came to Mork and Mindy's house? Now I'm very, like, okay, Partridge Family obviously <laughs> seems like a good crossover with the Brady Bunch. <laughs> also, the monkeys, because she had a crush on Davy Jones. Well, how about when Rick Grimes came into the Mary Tyler Moore show and he, like, took out Lou Grant? Yeah, yeah, and he sweared like he's he's undead, and they're like he was he was alive, he had a heartbeat, and he's like, nah, that's not true, no evidence whatsoever. <laughs> Aim for the head of the newsroom. Um, well, anyway, what this is, it's sort of like a Mark and Mindy crossover where we <laughs> where we have a very special episode where we had an interview and were interviewed by Robert Peterson of the Hidden History of Los Angeles podcast, which is a great podcast. It, we didn't really get into this, but it's sort of like the two of our shows are sort of a complete meal of getting like the full picture of LA history because there's like spots that he doesn't cover that we fill in and vice versa. You know, he's the Mork to our Mindy. (laughs) He's clearly Mindy. We're Mork. And that's not a compliment. That's a bad thing. Uh, We're, uh, you flatter us, we're Mork's suspenders. (laughs) That's what we are. We're Chachi. He's Mindy. Um, (laughs) Chachi loves Mindy. That's a a thing that I, I tend to do is, you know, if I'm interested in a subject, listen to something like, let's say last podcast, on the left and they'll have a lot of fun talking about it with deep research and then I'll go and I'll find a very serious retelling of the story that sets it and you're hearing a little mini documentary or whatever and I like both of them covering one subject that's that would yeah the full meal of hidden history and Ally Meekly he also covers a lot of specific topics that we never would and never will for that matter and and he has a lot of interviews with people that we frankly uh, can't get (laughs) Robert Peterson is the real deal is what you're getting at and I agree he is the real deal (laughs) he is certain Certainly the Mindy. The Mindy. He's the Mindy Project. He's the Mindy Project. <laughs> so yeah, this will be our, our little two-way interview with Robert mm-hmm. Peterson. We talk about our shows and LA history. And then he has five questions that he asks to all of his guests. So he asked them to us. We asked them to him. The questions asked each other. It was it was crazy. <laughs> questions went home with each other and the three of us were just standing there like well, it was a question swing party uh which is a brady bunch episode <laughs> they were like seemingly on paper not hard oh, questions man. and then the, the second i stopped to think about it, i'm like 
Oh, I don't, I don't yeah. know who I am. There was three <laughs> do of I know, uh, who Do I, I know anything about Los Angeles? Have I disassociated that much that I don't know my favorite taco spot? But yeah, like three of the five were really for two days. Like I did not know what I was going to say when yeah, the yeah, time yeah. came. And then boy, when the time came, did I say so many offensive words? Uh, and one of the questions threw me because I thought I understood it one way. And then when we're talking with him, I, I'm like, oh, this is what he meant. And I had to think on the fly. <laughs> so I had like a, like a kind of two answer thing. But the, one of them was just like, I want to be the beach boys <laughs> it like didn't come out i and know question, how it sounds the question was what was your it? favorite taco stand and you said you stammered you Murray started Wilson beat his kids <laughs> uh, your nose started bleeding your eyes were like spinning around in their head and you blurted out i am brian wilson <laughs> i don't surf and i only want to write songs about surfing i am brian wilson yeah if you want to listen to robert's show which you should it's hidden history of los angeles you can find it on itunes and anywhere that you listen to podcasts uh, if you're coming to us from him you could listen to us if we talk about la history if you're coming to us from him you already know how to get to his podcast and good for you you're a smart person well that's the thing we're releasing this very same interview on both of our shows at the same time so you can choose who you love most and you can listen to it that way but uh since we have you here if you're looking for a holiday gift this will come out before the holidays and the in the throes of your desperate holiday shopping season you think you've gotten your family everything they're living in luxury there's a couple things they don't have we are selling uh for the holidays it's the 365 days of a Los Angeles history calendar. It's a monthly wall calendar and on every single day of the year it has a different event that happened in Los Angeles history. That is $30 shipping included if it's international. Yeah, message us and we'll talk, but we're selling those. With 365 days of LA history you will never be bored. You'll Every single day of the year you'll be surprised. To get that you can uh, message us la.meekly at gmail.com or on Instagram at la underscore meekly or at Twitter at la meekly. Uh, and and we also have shirts available. LA, the official super soft LA Meekly shirt. I can't emphasize how soft these are and how <laughs> comfortable they are. It's almost dangerous. If you buy this, you're, you're being, I'm warning you right now, you might not get out of bed ever. Get ready. So have a, have fun listening to our interview with Robert yeah. Peterson. Check out his show. And um, I don't know. Smell you later, I guess. <laughs> our two catchphrases. Our two catchphrases that we're both, we legally can't use either <laughs> one of those. So yeah, here's our interview with Robert Peterson. We interview and being interviewed with Robert Peterson. Here's the interview. <laughs> Smell you later. <laughs> Well, Daniel, Greg, it is so nice to uh, share a Zoom uh, call with you guys and uh, learn a little bit more about your relationship with Los Angeles and some of your favorite things. But first, uh, could you tell us a little bit about L.A. Meekly? How'd you guys start doing it? Well, first off, he has taken the dominant host role. There's three, <laughs> there's three hosts in this Zoom call, and we're all we're all jockeying for for control. I'm very happily Ed McMahon in this situation. Yeah. I'll just chime in every once in a yeah. while. We're, we're uh, one Johnny and two Eds. <laughs> Well, how did we start this, Greg? Ed? <laughs> well, I'm Daniel Zafrin, just so people know. I'm Greg Gonzalez. Uh, we started this in 2013 because you'd been listening to another podcast. Yeah. Uh, did, did, did you ever listen? Uh, oh, whoever this is. It's is a, it me? I, I'm calling him. Did you hear that? Did everyone hear I did that? Hear that? I heard that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was that me? I don't know. It wasn't me. 
I have no idea because it's I'm using Melissa's computer and something oh. like jiggled when that noise happened. So I don't know if it, it might be. Me. I'm using my wife's computer too. So uh, well, <laughs> are you using your wife's computer, Greg? <laughs> yeah, I'm using my wife's computer. She's not a person, but I'm using her computer. <laughs> when I get married, she'll take this computer away from me. So kind of. Yeah, you're already planning for the divorce. Um <laughs> Did did you ever listen, Robert, did you ever listen to or are aware of the Bowery Boys podcast, which is like New York history sort of pod, like I guess the official podcast of New York history? Yes, I, I started listening to them later, but they're great. Uh, the Backstory was a podcast that I, I listened to that I was like, oh, wow, a history podcast. That's okay. a great idea. So the Bowery Boys are great. Yeah, I had been listening to them and then me and Greg wanted to just basically have like an excuse to have a podcast, <laughs> but we wanted to have some sort of uh, structure. Yeah. yeah. And and I'd been listening to them and I thought like, well, there's not that for Los Angeles. So I figured we do that. And then like, I think pretty much at the same time as us, you started yeah. at about the same time. And I was like, well, that's that's it for us. <laughs> well, these are all the podcasts that are allowed to happen in the yeah. city and they happen oh, at the same time. <laughs> yeah, there's not room in L.A. for two podcasts. <laughs> but yeah, that was back in 2013. What what did what made you start? You know, I, I'd always been kind of obsessed with L.A. history and you know, I studied it in, in college and, you know, I just needed an outlet for you know, this obsession, which you guys obviously share in yeah. <clears throat> a podcast. I was listening to like backstory and I kind of similarly, I was like, Hey, let's do this for LA. And it really, I, I, I don't know how it is for you guys. But I didn't have like a great plan. It was just kind of like, Hey, let's record an episode and put it out. And it, yeah. it, I don't know how much pre-planning there really was it was more just kind of start putting episodes out and kind of learn as 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 i went uh but you know that was a fun way to do it yeah we definitely didn't have a plan we still don't have a plan <laughs> we have an outline yeah i don't know if that counts as a plan we have a rough outline though. <laughs> we, we're still operating off of our our log line pitch from <laughs> from 10 years ago or 80 years ago but how, how are you how do how have you found the uh struggle to get people because our shows are certainly coexist in the sit like they fill fill different sort of needs i would say because like our our show is i would say a a harder sell to people who are interested in los angeles history but then the biggest thing is that like a lot of people who are interested in los angeles history i feel like aren't aware of what podcasts are <laughs> That's interesting. It, at least in 2013, maybe more so now, but yeah, back I then. Think, I think now everyone's kind of climbing on board. Sorry to interrupt. Yes. No, no, I, I still get people, uh, I still, for some reason, people uh, conflate blogs with podcasts. I, mm -hmm. I have like some family members. How's that blog going? <laughs> like, well, it's you guys. Yeah. Kind of the same, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the but podcast is going great, but the blog is not going <laughs> yeah. good. <laughs> I think with LA history and LA in general, I mean, there's so much there that I feel like there's space for a lot of different podcasts. And I think you guys do something really interesting with comedy and just your whole setup. It works. I mean, you know, I think also um, uh, Richard uh, Shave and Kim Cooper, they did right. a podcast for a while that was great. And I hope they bring it back because I feel like they had it more of the historic preservation angle, which was really cool stuff that, you know, they would get into. I mean, that's one good thing I think about LA history. And I don't know how you guys feel about it, but, you know, getting to know other people that write LA history and everyone's so nice and everyone's so, you know, you're constantly learning new stuff. There's so much stuff 
in, in, to LA yeah. to, to get your hands on. It's not like we're worried about taking each other's space. It's like, <laughs> I mean, there's unlimited amount of stories. Like yeah. you're never going to run out of stories. Right. That's a great thing about, you know, working on an LA podcast. Yeah. He stole our story about, <laughs> we, we can't tell the story about Griffith J. Griffith because exactly. now he owns the rights to it. And there's constantly, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, it's just, I'm constantly, you know, articles on KCET. I just uh, read an article by Victoria Bernal who does, uh, LA Twitter, man, just constant. I didn't know that. I didn't know anything about that. And and I think that's one of the most interesting things about this podcast is that we're so many years in, but we're uh, still there's tons of unexplored material for us. Yeah, it's uh, well, we found that because early on we basically would do like three stories each. Uh, per episode on a topic but now that we're finding like our research is so much more in depth and we're like discovering so many different layers within one story it's like if we if we still did three stories per person it would be like a five-hour episode at this point yeah well i mean i'm blown away you guys do it every month you know i I don't know if people realize how much research it takes i mean i listen to one of your guys episodes and it's like this took so many hours to put this together, you know, yeah. I, I know I do something similar, you know, yeah. and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a ton of research to put, put your episodes together. I'm glad you have, a, you've uh, acknowledged that because, <laughs> cause we're both exhausted. <laughs> I remember when we first met, we we first met in the Cecil Hotel, in the oh, elevator wow. oh, yeah, of the yeah, Cecil, oh, yeah. Yeah. of all places. And uh, you were saying that, like you, I think you had just had a kid or something. And I was yeah. like, "How is he? How is he doing anything? <laughs> it, how is he here at the Cecil Hotel?" <laughs> and you had to go back home. to work that day. You're like, "Okay, okay, yeah." Nice that was like your lunch break. break. <laughs> yeah, to my work office is actually a few blocks away from the Cecil Hotel. Oh, cool. But yeah. I mean, that's, that's another thing, but with interesting with the podcast, I'm very impressed with the folks who like you guys are able to do like once a month. I'm very sporadic. Like sometimes I'll do once a month. Sometimes I do twice in a month. It takes a lot of work to put into it. So I'm hopefully one day, maybe when my kids are a little bit older, I can get a little more regular and be like, you know, you can put them to work on the podcast. (laughs) Oh, they're going to be outside doing yard work. (laughs) I mean, that's why you have kids, right? Go outside and mow the podcast for me. <laughs> These are my two employees. <laughs> Come in here and edit some audio. You got to learn Pro Tools. Baby's first editing program. Uh, yeah, that's why we wanted to do this because I, I feel like there's people who listen to either one. I, I'm sure there's plenty of people who listen to both of our shows, but I feel like there's some who listen to one or the other and just aren't aware because like, it's, yeah. uh, it's hard to... I know that there's people interested out there, but I I don't know how to reach them. <laughs> That's been our, our greatest struggle. I, I do enjoy that you have an optimistic assumption that there are actually people who do listen to our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's not just glitches in, in the counting <laughs> statistics. It's not just immediate family members. Yeah. And- <laughs> Accidental downloads, yeah. yeah. Solar flares are our biggest <laughs> downloads. <laughs> yeah, I know they're out there. I, I, I know it. I think that was like the X5 Line. I know what was that line. <laughs> I want to believe that there's <laughs> LA history podcast fans out there. I gotta say, I, I'm very interested to hear uh, your uh, uh, answers to some of these questions. If you guys yeah. want to jump into those, yeah, sure. and I, well, I want to hear yours also. We'll, we'll oh, throw it right me. back at you. Do you guys want to do them now? I've done, I think, once or twice with two people. So, do you want me to do? Daniel first or, or Greg first or just I'll throw it out and let you guys 
battle it out. Yeah. Throw it out and let us just tear each other apart to, <laughs> to answer you. We're going to see who is the dominant. The <laughs> Who's the stronger Ed? Each, <laughs> each question is a knife in the ground thrown in like a cage and like only one to use coming out. Okay, uh, number one, Coles or Philippe's? I have a very strong opinion on this one. You do. I have a very uh, gray area answer oh. for this. Yeah. Well, I I very much believe that Coles has a much better sandwich, but I think Philippe's has the best mustard. So oh. if I could walk my Coles plate <laughs> over to Philippe's and they could put mustard on it, that's my dream. The audacity of walking into Philippe's with someone else's friendship. <laughs> Not just anyone else's friendship, but <laughs> Coles' friendship. They're competitors. Yeah, they're, they're mortal enemy i say philippe's for lunch and cole's for dinner philippe's uh. french dip for lunch yummy 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 we're all having a good time lights go down rats come out <laughs> french dip from cole's for dinner <laughs> well cole's is definitely a better nighttime place to be inside yeah, yeah. Yes. i could see that what about you oh my so i mean it's like picking between children i mean uh, <laughs> that's our um, next question <laughs> <laughs> which one do i like better they're too young to listen to the podcast but like 20 years from now if they ever listen to this podcast they're gonna be like oh man daddy likes me more <laughs> by then the inheritance will be it already be dished out they'll already know again fun. i like the optimistic assumption that there'd be an inheritance <laughs> So Kohl's, like in the early 2000s, I lived right outside of downtown and I would go to Kohl's religiously for lunch. Like that was my spot. There actually used to be a little spot in the background, in the back, like a back room, which isn't there anymore. They, they took it out during the renovation, but it was just a great spot to eat lunch. And they used to have shows back there, like unamplified shows. Like I played there with a woman named Gwendolyn. We used to open up for Icy Hawks in LA, the great LA country band. So, you know, I have a lot of great memories, a lot of love for Kohl's, but I got to say for the sandwich, I'll go with Philippe's. Uh, but they're both phenomenal. I mean, the pickles, I'll go for Coles. Uh, The Coles pickles, the spicy pickles are better. I don't think Um, I've had the pickles. But they're both great. I feel attacked that both of you seem to be leaning towards Philippe's (laughs) over Coles. (laughs) I think we're bullying you. I think that's what's going on here. All right, I'll change it to Philippe's. Uh, (laughs) You were in a band? Oh, yeah, no, I I played played music over the years and, you know. uh, I think I I knew that, actually. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Coles used to actually have, you know, People would play in that back room. Uh, this is a long time ago. I mean, this is probably 2001, 2002, 2003, around there, or the renovation, which I, I don't mean to. The renovation of Coles was uh, wonderful, and the place is still beautiful. And I'm so glad that the new owners uh, kept the historic you know, value to the place. They did a great job. And they did, yeah. I like to treat the back room like it's still a speakeasy that no one talks about. So when you're like, back room, like, there's no back room. Well, <laughs> well it actually was a different back room. Oh, really? Down, right. yeah, well, that's the funny thing. Is, so when you used to go into Kohl's, when you walk down the steps, there used to be an eating area directly to your left, which is no longer there. That's another business. Oh, if wow. you went right down through the bar, all the way down, there was actually another room there. So oh, I don't know what was the varnish before the uh, the renovation i don't i don't remember that being a seating area so they changed it up a little bit during the renovation you guys ready to go number two uh, this yeah. is a really tough one i mean come on i know this is one of the four that gave me trouble <laughs> <laughs> he was so distressed last night he's like okay let's talk about the questions i'm like no <laughs> i will be honest I was a little worried about these questions too, because I, I'm not a person that picks like a favorite. That's not how my mind works. So yeah. it's really hard for me too. When I was like, well, I ask all these questions to other yeah. people. Man, why you got to ask it to me? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the doctor can't take his own medicine. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another tough one. Like favorite taco spot in LA 
Four spots. You can give more than one. Oh, more than one. <laughs> it's a Coles. Yeah. Coles Philippe's. It's not on the menu, but if you ask persistently, they'll make it for you <laughs> just to get you away. The only spot I could really think of is, I don't know, it's the place near you, Greg, the one that mm-hmm. we've been to a few times that's in the uh, car wash. Oh, Leo's Tacos. Leo's Tacos. I like them, but the thing is, I'm not. I'm more of a burrito person than oh. a taco person. So, if you want to talk burritos, <laughs> yeah, let's talk burritos. Typically, bean cheese burrito has been my go-to. As me and Greg have always discussed, that's like how you can gauge how good a, a Mexican <laughs> place is based on how good their bean and cheese burrito is. And my favorite used to be Nachos, which was in Granada Hills, but they closed down a few years ago because of Chipotle. Moved in down the street. <laughs> but now I'm all about chili relleno burritos. A couple of my favorites are there's Las Fuentes in Reseda, and then there is Cactus in Studio City on Moore Park. The Sherman Oaks one has vermin. But the other one is pretty clean. Stay away from that one. They got vermin on the menu. Yeah. And I'm told not not to order it. <laughs> what about you, Greg? There's Azteca. I think it's a tortilleria in East LA that makes a really good chili reno burrito. But if we're talking go. tacos, Leo's Tacos is really great. And then Yuca's on Hillhurst in, in uh, Los Feliz is really good, too. Yuca's. Yuca's is definitely... Uh, there's been a few guests that have uh, called out uh, Yuca's on Los Feliz. Really? Yeah. That's, that's people... Uh, and also the owners. like People know the owners. It's a great like neighborhood spot. Yeah. I went there recently and everyone was eating chili cheeseburgers. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> that bizarre. You guys know they have tacos here, right? It was everyone's uh, white cousin day to come... <laughs> come eat what about you robert so that's a really tough one there's so many good taco spots uh i will go local because it's it's just too hard to expand it to all of la but locally for me like the local taco spots for me would probably be uh la Estrella on uh, fair oaks uh which is uh, there's also one on york and highland parks uh but it's uh north of uh north on fair oaks north of the 210 freeway great asada tacos and then for taco trucks um i actually don't know the name of the truck but it's uh on south fair oaks below old town below del mar in front of Nishikara Motors, and it's always there, and it's always packed Friday, Saturday nights, and it's phenomenal. One of these days, I need to learn actually what the taco truck is called, but <laughs> taco truck in front of Nishikara Motors, that's what people say in Pasadena. So uh, locally, and actually, you know, they just opened up a Gazzato's in Pasadena, too, which makes great tacos, too. So oh, yeah, I still haven't had them. I hear uh, really wonderful things. Well, but you mentioned some, that's what I love about Los Angeles, is that not only do I have tons of taco places that i love there's tons more that i haven't even tried yet yeah, I mean, or heard of yeah I really <laughs> I mean, it's like a never-ending quest for good food and it's not just tacos like you know i i spend a lot of time uh in the san gabriel valley and it's like i'm constantly mm. i've never checked out that tofu place before that <laughs> that like it's like bombarded with all these options. I've made it my my quest over the years to go to every single Ethiopian place in Little Ethiopia oh, and wow. if, if in you, one day <laughs> <laughs> with the most expandy bread in your stomach from every single restaurant. I recommend Roslyn's in Little Ethiopia. I know we're completely off topic from tacos now, but I I was there the other night and it's great. Well, now I'm interested because I, uh, about sports here. Well, I want to know what your guys' favorite LA sports moments are. 
This was the easiest one for me because I'm only interested in the Kings. I don't care about any other LA sports team. There's some, as long I, as that's out there recorded, uh, that's good. I'm just glad that that's recorded. And, and I actively don't like some of them. <laughs> I campaign against most of them. Obviously, I'm going to go with the LA Kings winning the 2012 Stanley Cup. That was amazing. I didn't go to any games, but I went to the parade and the parade was a lot of I fun. I was at that. the parade. Do you watch the Kings also? Not, I mean, I've been to a few games. I must say hockey's one game. I enjoy it a lot seeing it. And I love anytime I can get a ticket, I'll go. But I don't follow it enough to really follow it on TV or to follow it. But I, it's it's a very fun sport to see live. I, it's I definitely it. more enjoyable live than on TV when like the cameras don't have the technology to really capture all the speed that's going on. But you like, gotta trust us. The puck just went by. Yeah. You gotta trust us. Great. How about you? What did... Uh... Oh, mine's so cliche. It's Kirk Gibson's uh, home run in the oh. ninth inning. 1988. I, I, I should have said that it, the, 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 there is a favorite sports moment other than Kirk Gibson. <laughs> I forgot to actually put that there. That is when I asked it. Damn it. See, I don't even know what I that means. I fell into the trap. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, oh my God. You've got to picture it. Bottom of the ninth. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I uh-huh. see it. Bottom of the ninth. Dinner, dinner sector. On the That's an important part of the count. game. Walks. He walks out there. He's limping out there. So, but Greg, are you a Dodger fan? Laker fan? What's your sports affiliations? Dodgers is probably uh, baseball is my number one. Basketball, I kind of uh, I I'll lift ahead and be like, what's going on? But I don't I can't keep up with that. And hockey is a distant cousin. I've taken you to a Kings game and you had a good time. Don't, I had a great time. Don't pretend. I had, I had a great time. My favorite thing was you explaining everything to me though, yeah. and also pointing out like that guy's not going to be on the oh, team next year. He's about to be traded. He's gonna he's gonna retire. You were mumbling like losers, losers. Yeah, the whole because time. this was losers, like the, uh, like. Four or five years ago when the Kings were at like their absolute worst of this generation. (laughs) The worst of this current model. (laughs) I've been interested in going to a Rams game. Like I, I I don't think I've ever watched a full game of football before. I don't know anything about it. But the idea of being in that massive stadium is so interesting to me. Yeah, no, I really want to see SoFi Stadium. That's, uh, I mean, stadium that's amazing. I drove by it and it's, it's like its own biosphere like there's a lake there's like a whole flock there's like a new species of birds that lives there a small apartment complex inside (laughs) people are living in there yeah i'd love to go to that they should play hockey in there (laughs) well now you know uh now what is a stable center now now the kings are going to play in the crypto.com center Darkweb.com uh, <laughs> arena, money used to buy Hitmen Stadium. Well, what are they at? $700, $800 million? I mean, dollars. Uh, it's, it's Bitcoin. That's how yeah. they it. Yeah. <laughs> it costs like two Bitcoins for them to buy. Oh, it's going to take me a while to get used to that name. I got to be honest. That, that, it's going to be weird. Like, I can see good nicknames coming out of it, but yeah. like, I'm, I, I think it's mostly going to be referred to as the former Staples Center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's true. Because remember, like, with, uh, library tower became the usa bank tower yeah right i still called it the library tower yeah i'm in yeah everyone does you know this next question is my i haven't got to talk about my sports yet oh god oh you haven't you're rude (laughs) i'm actually a a fanatic so this one was really tough because you know of course well kirk gibson's home run but you know we had the 2020 world series with the dodgers which was great uh the lakers beating the celtics in 08 was amazing you know Derek fisher's 0.04 shot going back to 2004 
obviously not Laker fans. But I'm writing all these down. I so have, if people I, ask me Laker questions, like, well, what about that? Derek Fisher. But the, 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 I think the sports moment for me kind of is probably my favorite is uh, uh, Robert Ory's three point shot in 2002 to beat the Kings. And, and uh, let me, you know, different uh, Kings. Uh, play it out for us. I'll Describe play it out it. for you. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. also, my daughter's been talking to me a lot about sports. My daughter is five about term six. And she's been asking me like every day, Papa, why do you like sports so much? Why do you always watch the Dodger game? And my wife, I don't think even understands it fully because, you <laughs> they're know, bang, they're crying. Fan, at you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not rational. Like, you know, fan <laughs> apparently comes from the word fanatic. Like it is, it is a not a rational experience. We are a little crazy. Yeah. And so you, you know, go back to like 2002 at that time, the Sacramento Kings were a very good uh, basketball team. You know, the, the Kings were up 2-1 in the series. The Lakers uh, started out, I think they were like 20 points down after the f- first quarter. It's looking bad, like the season's yeah. going to be over. And you're watching the whole season, building up to the playoffs. And then Lakers come back. And then with 11 seconds to go, uh, Lakers are down two. Lakers have the ball. Kobe has the ball. Takes a shot. Misses. The ball bounces off to Shaq. Shaq gets a uh, <laughs> tip in. Shaq misses. <laughs> then Vlade Divac bats the ball away and it looks like the season's over. I mean, that's it. Yeah. But, you know, just so happens that at that place in time, Robert Ori is sitting right there behind the three-point line. The ball goes right to him, Waving. puts it up, makes the three, time runs out, Staples Center goes wild. And I'm watching this with like 15 of my closest friends. We're <laughs> jumping up and down, yelling, screaming, hugging each other so loud. Yeah. It's breaking. It's going pandemonium. And it's pure sports bliss. Yeah. And I will say it is not rational, but that is beautiful. And, and you know, one of those moments is I, I will always remember that sports moment. You know, it was a very special Laker moment. And the Lakers went on to win the championship that year. So. That was great. It's weird that, yeah, I think like a lot of sports, you're kind of fiending for that moment of like high stress. We're like, this could go either way. This could be like <laughs> the best thing that's ever happened or we could lose terribly in the face of everybody. But like they, the sweet spot is like the tension of that la- the, the last couple yeah. seconds. Yeah. And things that are just chance. I mean, there's something, you know, it's, it's, there's an element of chance. It's not the best team does not always win. There's yeah. Yeah. where chance meets talent. Like all these, all these trained yeah. people who are the, the best of the best. And then they still need chance to happen for, you know, to the big win. Yeah. So it sounds like none of us really like football. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's a good question. I, I love football, but it was tough because growing up, you know, I followed the Raiders and the Rams a little bit, but then they left town mm-hmm. and now the Rams are back. I'm following them a little bit, but I, I feel like in LA, I do have friends that are diehard Raiders fans, but I feel like a lot of us have kind of latched onto the Dodgers and the Lakers. Because they stuck around. It was, except for Daniel. He didn't latch on. No, I don't need them. He didn't latch on the high Well, my, I, I think part of it is because my dad's from Brooklyn and he grew up with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And then when he moved to LA, he's like, this isn't the Dodgers. Like, I'm not watching them. Where's Duke Snyder? <laughs> Their hats are different. <laughs> That's not the L train. Uh, I enjoy going to baseball games, but, and my dad loves baseball. He just doesn't love Dodgers baseball. So it was like never a part of my life growing up is your dad a yankees fan here no mets fan no greg even weirder (laughs) (laughs) if you're a dodge if you grew up as a brooklyn dodgers fan you are required to be a mets fan you you have to latch onto the loser the new york loser team yeah the new york losers (laughs) sports let's see we've done sports what's the next one i even forgot what the next one is oh this is also another one tough one favorite la movie or book or you can pick 
a couple, whatever you guys want to do. Oh, you go first, Greg. <laughs> God, I always say maybe my favorite LA movie might be Up in Smoke. Uh, I don't have a good answer. I don't have like a good reason though. They're just like in all the neighborhoods that I know. They have it's a like bad a- car like you do. <laughs> <laughs> a bad car? What kind of car does Greg have? I have a 2003 Chevy S10, but it's, I feel like it's the equivalent of like inflation, you know, yeah. to, yeah. to compensate ma- for inflation. Yeah. And it's made of marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Stained with marijuana smells. Now, now I got a question because I haven't seen that since I was a kid. How yeah. does that hold up? How does up today? Not I saw it well. literally like a, a couple months ago. It I had never seen it before, and I uh, this will anger people, but I do not get the appeal of that movie. <laughs> you mean the squarest person I know doesn't get the appeal of Up and Smoke? That's weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what, what they're smoking. I don't know what yeah, they feel. What is up exactly? Uh, uh, what What is up, Doc? It, it's certainly like from a politically correct standpoint, it does not hold up, and even well. from like, it, I don't know. It's it's a it's a movie of its time, man. <laughs> also, on my list, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is essential. Mm. Got me interested a little bit in LA history just because of the whole red car controversy, which is probably not even that true. <laughs> uh, but a car- half a cartoon movie taught me that. And uh, <laughs> and Targets is great too. Peter Bagdanovich's Targets isn't one that I always think about. Did you come up with a book? Probably just Farewell, My Lovely is the my favorite. Uh, it's sweaty. <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that, <laughs> but it's, it's a very sweaty book. I, I was really struggling to come up with a book because... I don't read. Because uh, yeah, I, I never learned. <laughs> Too, I was too busy with Cheech and Chong, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I mean, everything Everything I kept trying to think of, I just kept coming back to um, to Raymond Chandler and like The Long Goodbye, or Fa- Farewell My Lovely and The Long right. Goodbye. Like it kept coming to that. But for movies, oh boy. the first one that popped into my head, even though it's not really an LA movie, is E.T. Oh. Only because it, it's not explicitly LA, but it was filmed where I grew up around the time I was growing up there. So it feels very much like my childhood. And it's just sort of implied that that this movie's about me, right? <laughs> it's implied that I'm Elliot, right? <laughs> but then, well, if if it, if it's like something that's more explicitly LA, I feel like The Big Lebowski is a very good oh, LA yeah. movie, and that's also kind of Raymond Chandlery. Yeah, The Big Lebowski that is that is good, and Hollywood Star Lanes for anyone who used to go bowling there. That was a great bowling alley. I was very sad when they tore that thing down. I think my school bus in middle school used to go by there and I'd be like, one day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to go to this bowling alley. <laughs> tore it down. <laughs> what about you? What, what what do you dig movie-wise, book-wise? So that's a tough one. I mean, I'd have to go. I mean, I know it's, uh, it might become, well, I know a lot of people say it, but Chinatown is right. just such a great movie. Even even apart from it having anything to do with Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the screenplay, Robert Town, the music, Jerry mm-hmm. Wolfsmith. I mean, Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway. I mean, it's just a great movie. I, I, I always watch it thinking like, I probably won't like it as much as I always do, but <laughs> every time I'm like, this yeah. is so good. And I, music, have you seen some reason, the yeah. music? I'm just like, Oh, I like <laughs> it's so great. You know, for LA geeks, like you guys and me, I think LA plays itself is one that I always yeah. recommend, even though it's not like, a story, you know, uh, it's more, it's a documentary. I think for people like you guys and me who have a problem 
Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> us, so we can kind of, or maybe it's like heroin or crack for us. <laughs> and, or marijuana up and smart. Or, or marijuana. For or a car made of marijuana. Yeah. Yes, yes. I love that there's just like segments of like, he just shows all the bridges in like, in like a, a two minutes of like, here's all the bridges that you see in all the movies of LA. I'm like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Yeah, quality stuff. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like some people watch that movie and who are not interested in LA and are probably like, this is the most boring thing possible. <laughs> People like us are like every. I can't believe someone actually made a movie exactly what I wanted. To I would say that that's the movie. But like before, both of us had seen it. I think that was the most. Like if anyone ever contacted us about the podcast, it was always like you should watch L.A. Plays yeah. itself. That that like everybody would tell us to watch that. And then also one movie that I saw recently, which I'm. It's not like my favorite movie, but I think it's such a weird movie is Falling Down with Michael Douglas. Oh, I haven't right. seen that. Yeah, it is a weird movie. <laughs> it's not It's not like a story about Los Angeles. It, like, it doesn't reveal anything about the city. It, it's, not, it's not a true picture of Los Angeles at all. <laughs> it's like this imaginary or what people think of Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's this exaggerated, you know, it, it's specifically, like, I think, people's fear of Los Angeles being the future, the future of America. So right. Yeah. Really weird kind of representation of people's fears about multiculturalism. And, you know, and it's funny because I feel like it's still relevant today. Like some of the issues, you know, actually kind of hit on the nose for things that we're seeing today. So I feel like that's a movie that I feel like someone could do like a PhD thesis, like unpacking <laughs> like all the things in there because you watch that movie and it's like, this is really over the top. It's completely exaggerated. I can understand how people would be offended by it, but it's just so wild and crazy. I, I think that w- you know, again, I think someone could do a, a thesis uh, unpacking everything going on in that movie. We we recently did an episode about action movies, so we were just watching a bunch of stuff, and I watched Predator Two. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> well, that I've one. Not seen Predator. Pre- Predator comes to Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, that's on the list. <laughs> you know, I thought I was watching it. It's about like gang these two gangs in the future. You know, big clash and everything. And uh, I thought, oh, this must be a response to the LA riots. But I, I, it was before the riots. I'm like, oh, this must have been just in the the <laughs> air of like, the LA riots. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it must have been in like this gang warfare and the way everyone looks at LA and just it, like it must be wild in the streets. That's must people must have been really thinking that about LA. Because for that episode, I watched um, Assault on Precinct 13, and oh. it it that it was the same thing, but with with Watts because it was post Watts, and right. it it didn't talk anything about like that but it felt so informed by everything that had happened that it like it just turned into this movie that same with night of the living dead where like it says nothing about anything and yet it seems like it means so much or it seems like it's saying so much (laughs) yeah it's interesting when the movie is like this is nothing about how los angeles really is but this is how people think Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> and then books, I, I got to give it up for, um, well, first of all, we are in a great time in LA writing because we have people like DJ Waldy, Linnell George, who are killing it. I mean, I, I think this is a great time to be interested in Los Angeles and Los Angeles history. But for the best book, I got to give it up for Carrie McWilliams, Southern California, Ooh. an island on the land. That's, you know, I think my favorite LA book. And I still think, you know, I don't even know when this thing was published, but it still <laughs> informs us, you know, decades and decades later. Oh, I didn't even think we could pick nonfiction books. Alley <laughs> Noir by Bunton is really good. Oh, <laughs> that, that oh man. Yeah, I love that. That's one guy I have not met him. I wanted to meet him because I love, I thought he was, that book was so well written. Yeah. It told 
I'm probably, it's been a few years since I read it, but it about like Chief Parker and Mickey Cohen and mm -hmm. told their stories and wove them together, but also corruption in LA in the thirties. Like he did such a great job of painting the picture of LA in the thirties. I, I was blown away by that book. Yeah. He's really good at bringing up just like these historical moments and then tying it to these two men. And you're like, Oh yeah, that happened in LA. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like all this stuff was happening at the same time. And he does such a good job of like, is it leaning towards the gangsters or is it leaning towards the cops? And then you find like, he, he's so good. Okay. Now the last one, if you could go back in time to any year in LA's past, just for one day, which year would you choose and why? This, this was maybe the hardest one. <laughs> so the question is essentially if I can come back to any one day in LA history. Yeah, just go, well, or any year or just, okay. you, know, you can go for one day. You could transport yourself back and walk around LA in any year you know, or any place in a year, what, where mm. would you want to go and see? The day that we started our podcast. Uh, <laughs> and we would tell yourself not to yeah. do it. Hey, I'd grab myself by the lapel. Go turn back <laughs> your <Terrible>. man. <laughs> Don't give your life to podcasting. It's not worth it. This was hard, but I kept coming back because I have, I'm still obsessed with the Battle of LA in 1942. Because oh, yeah. that just sounded so crazy that I would have loved to have like just stood on like the top of Mulholland Drive and just watched the whole thing unfold. That that would have been so weird. That's interesting that you say that because uh, you know, growing up, I was, my my both my grandfathers were block captains during World mm -hmm. War II, and my dad's dad, his job was to actually when the Japanese were going to bomb, he was supposed to turn off all the lights on Pico between like Normandy and really? and so the Japanese couldn't see what they were bombing. And they actually, I have like super eight film of them, like practicing, putting oh out God. fires and trying to like, they like, you know, they on Vermont and third, they would light a building on fire and practice putting it out because they were preparing. They thought that, you know, LA was going to get bombed. Whose so, building were they lighting on fire? <laughs> well, it was some, I don't know, I, I, the video some, some hospital, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it is funny because it seems so unreal now, that fear, and it seems kind of silly. Mm -hmm. But at least according to, you know, my family, like, there was some concern, you know, that that was a real fear at the time. Yeah. I'm sure after Pearl Harbor, our Pacific Coast was sort of like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. They got they got Hawaii. Okay. Well, we're close to Hawaii. <laughs> well, the, there was that one Japanese sub that launched in Ventura yeah. or Santa Barbara or something. Yeah. I, I mean, we say that we can't believe it. But after, after the last presidency and the whole pandemic, like, there were a lot of times where I thought, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> there is some truth to that. <laughs> There's a lot of things that you look back on, you know. And yeah. You know. Um, one other thing that I learned about recently that I thought would be fun to see was there was uh, in 1939 at the Coliseum they had the International Jitterbug Championship. <laughs> I wouldn't have mind seeing that. You would have wanted to be a judge on that. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. No. Go. Go. You stay. You go. Charleston Moore. <laughs> Charleston Moore. <laughs> Faster, faster. If we're talking about going back in a year and just like meandering around, I was kind of obsessed with this like student short film. I think it's from 1963. I think it's called Skater Dater. And it's just a guy filmed uh, like a, a silent skateboarding movie in Torrance. And Torrance at that time just looks... It just looks like Brady Bunch. Like it's just so <laughs> it still kind of looks like Brady Bunch. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so it's just such a Beach Boy song. And it sounds so <laughs> cool to just like walk around and pick on Brian Wilson. Uh, <laughs> if I had to come back and witness one thing, though, uh, capture of Richard Ramirez is always my go to. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Unreal. 
unreal nothing ever in true crime like that where the the mob with pitchforks were like don't worry we got it <laughs> now i think i'm old i'm older than you guys when i was a kid i remember you I, were at I, the jitterbug well, no, i was not but my, <laughs> dad, my dad did know someone who like relative was killed by him but oh my god there, oh. there was i mean i was a kid so i my memory may be a little take it with a grain yeah. of salt but i remember being frightened like i remember mm-hmm. the idea of like windows you had to shut your windows like there was a real palpable fear with the night stalker like that guy uh struck a chord of fear i think in a, in a lot of folks in southern california yeah everybody i talked to who was alive for that was like yeah this was the hottest summer of the 80s and we all had our windows yeah. shut because if we didn't this tall uh meth addict would come in here and hurt everybody <laughs> didn't you know someone greg who like yeah you tell the uh, story my friends who's older than me it's actually my dad's friend but i kind of my friend too his wife's sister was home in an apartment i think in eagle rock or that general area and uh you know some guy broke in the window and tried to pull her out she was screaming and they broke into the the bathroom and saved her and got away jumped over a fence and they uh went to a lineup later and they pointed him out but they didn't have enough to arrest him and it was the night stalker and i think it was before the spree before he started killing when he was just like kidnapping people or trying to kidnap people yeah horrifying yeah yeah Yeah. there's so many stories about richard ramirez like yep that's the scariest thing i've ever heard cool okay oh that's in my brain now i recorded that yeah that was interesting to be the 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 cecil hotel you guys pointed out to me the room i didn't know which room he was but i think you guys pointed out to me which room well because um they had pointed it out like secretly on the tour i think it was the wasn't the esoteric people yeah richard i think was like check this out yeah um that was a, a upsetting place. Yeah. The the I, lobby is great. And then you go upstairs, you're like, oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no, oh, no, 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 no. Get me out of here. <laughs> Why is the ceiling so tall? I didn't get, like, it was so high up. I'm like, oh, this is for giant, giants, giants are here. <laughs> well, it's for when you have someone on your shoulder, when you're over your shoulder, when you're walking through the halls. Daniel pointed out that one of the rooms had like tape over the door so if you opened it you knew if somebody went in there yeah i old pi trick yeah because i i I had seen james bond do that and then i (laughs) and then i saw that at the cecil hotel and i'm like this is a this is a place where paranoia reigns supreme james bond is here (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's funny uh uh, gosh this maybe 10 years ago i was living in downtown and i remember uh i was walking to work and i remember these uh two uh, uh, uh like 20 year old french girls were like walking down the street and i was walking down i think broadly they're like oh oh do you know where the cecil hotel is we just flying <laughs> in france and we're staying at the cecil hotel like, oh, okay uh, and they were never seen again <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know if you go on like travelocity or something like that and you're coming from a foreign country you really don't yeah. know you know it is in downtown and you know, I think it has been renovated. I think probably it's not what it used to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for me, for to go back, I mean, I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, to go back to see L.A. before the arrival of the Europeans, that'd be really right. because we know so little about yes. you know what uh, things look like. That would be great. Also, 1850s L.A., like the Wild West, like just yeah. walk around. I mean, gosh, I mean, violent and probably crazy, but it'd be interesting to see. But if I had to pick one, I would go to probably 1940s Los Angeles because I'd love to see the LA that my grandparents were in and my parents were kids, well, very small kids. Because, you know, I just a couple of weeks ago went with my dad to walk around, hit the neighborhood he grew up, which is uh, 
used to be called Pico Heights, but now it's like Pico Union, uh, right off Pico and Hoover. And just walking around there about how, you know, back then, you know, Pico Normandy, Pico, it's like, these were all like little self-contained neighborhoods with their store. Everybody knew each other. You know, there's a little movie theater and just, I'd love to be able to see that, to be able to walk down Pico, you know, see my grandfather working at the hardware store, see my grandmother on the Pico streetcar going to Bullock's Wilshire, you know, to the tea room, like that would be uh, you know, for me personally, that would just be wonderful because I've heard so much about it. And, you know, just to be able to actually see it in real life would be an amazing experience. I, I also thought about seeing the like native days or just like the moment when Europeans showed up just to see like what, like, how did that, how did that meeting go? <laughs> it's haunted. Go back. <laughs> Super haunted. That bush is haunted. Get out of here. <laughs> it, yeah. It's crazy to see even pictures of like intersections in the valley from like 1960 and there's just nothing. It's just like cabbage fields or whatever it's crazy 1989 yeah <laughs> cabbage fields everywhere the valley was just wheat you no know, it's funny i don't think i necessarily saw anything quite like that but i do remember as a child driving down like foothill or baseline out to the 15 before the 210 was finished right and there were parts that you know were i don't i might be remembering this wrong but just words seem like either empty space or were orchards and were things like that and now it's all development you know, and I think that's uh, would have been interesting to be able to see some of that, like in the valley. You know, just to see nothing, and then yeah. you know, years later, well, one tiny house, and then that house, an alien, <laughs> <laughs> small alien, and a little boy. Well, how did ET hold up? Because that's another one I haven't seen. Yeah. ET will always hold up. ET e- 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 hold up should be the quote from that movie. <laughs> I mean, it is Steven Spielberg, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's so, I mean, it's, that, it's it's like yeah. Steven Spielberg par excellence. It's yeah. so good. Like it it is such a good movie, and it will make you cry, Greg. <laughs> I don't know. I, kinda, I don't know. I'm so happy when I still see Henry Thomas and stuff. Like Elliot, you made it. You, yeah, still you got over it. it. And now I'm wondering though if anyone is actually going to be still listening at the end of all of this. <laughs> and now uh, you know our problem. Yeah, as with most of our episodes, I can tell you the answer is no. <laughs> oh, I, well, I've enjoyed myself. This has been a lot of fun for me. I, <laughs> I agree. This is way better with a third person, let me tell you. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think this has been a lot of fun. I, you know, I love your guys' podcast. I think you guys do something Likewise. really great with, with uh, you know, introducing humor and the back and forth between you guys. It's really fun to listen. So uh, hopefully anybody who listens to one or the other podcast will you know this will be an opportunity to kind of check out other podcasts and you know maybe someday if uh, Kim and Richard get going again with their podcast we can do something with them yeah, yeah we can well, have a five person Zoom <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you for thanks yeah for, thank you Robert for, for, for hanging us. out with us thanks so much and uh, I'll turn this thing off we're Let's just turn the recording off.